It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto. And of course, anywhere across the country, if you download the Radio Player Canada app and then type in uh, one of those two coordinates plus E-L-M-N-T-F-M and then listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it is a pleasure to have with us on the show today, we have with us Michelle St. John. She is a producer and director of Amplify. It's a new 13-part series on APTN. Uh, The first two episodes aired uh, a week ago, but uh, you can catch the the following 11 episodes, and I'm sure you can go back and see the other two that you may have missed, Uh, but it's a, a really cool idea that uh, we're going to find out more about. Uh, I love the name, Michelle. First of all, it's a great name. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. We were trying to get to like, what is the core of uh, the source of the show? The, the, mm-hmm. the, we're dealing with artists and a chosen inspiration that they create mm-hmm. a song from. And so, you know, ultimately what we kept coming back to was like, you know, we're amplifying this this inspiration and the the uh, information that people may or may not know about that in, mm. that inspiration, and we're also amplifying the artist, and so it just sort of seemed to be the right fit for the show. Yeah, a little bit more about the show and yourself, of course. Uh, you you produced the show. You also directed episodes eleven and twelve, um, and, and and as I say, this is going to be uh, it's on APTN. Um, can you take us back a little bit uh, about how this all got started? What, like, where did the idea? You worked with Shane on this. Um, yeah. yeah, Shane Belcourt is our showrunner. He's a an award winning filmmaker, um, really great uh, director, and he's also a musician. And mm. um, and and so I think there's just this like <laughs> we're kind of both nerdy about music and. Uh, and we love indigenous music and we love indigenous artists. And, um, and so he had this idea of, you know, if you connect an artist with, with the, a source of something, what could come from that? And can we follow them on that journey? Even, even though it's only 22 minutes, it's not a long time to do a really deep dive, but there's something really fascinating about seeing sort of the, you know, the process and how artists uh, connect with the source of inspiration. Um, mm. That is ultimately what we do as artists, right? Uh, we, mm. we find mm. inspiration in all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And so what is it to, um, you know, make a choice and then actually uh, realize that from beginning to end. And so um, that's kind of how it started. And then it was really about trying to figure out who do we want to work with and Mm. Whose whose music do we love? And yeah. And when did you start uh, exploring this idea? Like, when did you guys start talking about it? We started talking about it in the fall of 2017, um, and trying to sort of map out uh, a rough schedule. Um, you know, who who do we want to work with, and then who do we want to have direct some of those episodes? Mm. And then we started filming in the spring of uh, 2018. You know, you mentioned being nerdy about music, but I think that anybody uh, anybody that that enjoys music and uh, is somehow involved with it, I think everybody's nerdy. 
about it's true <laughs> it's true and you know what we have um along with the show we also have uh these these little excerpts called amplifiers which mm. are like little video podcasts i guess you could say they're roughly av an average of 10 minutes long they're, they'll be on our website amplifytv.ca cool. nice. um, and you can for the nerds out there you can sit down and watch the artist and their producer or engineer or musicians uh, talk about the process. So the oh, stuff so you, that we don't really have time to do it, yeah. you know, a deep dive into yeah. uh, on the show, we, we kind of let them go at it and talk it through. And, and, um, and it's a little video excerpt for, for the nerds. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, because there you go. It gives you a little more of the backstory and more of that in-depth stuff that you were talking about. It totally does. Yeah. You know, so, okay. So now... Uh, that's great. I appreciate you bringing us up to up to speed on that and getting us sort of established. Uh, now, uh, you know the the show itself, Amplify. It's from uh, Wolf Walker Productions and Wabang a Among Films. That uh, that this is coming from. And that's that's your new. Uh, uh, production company along with Shane Balcourt, correct? Yeah, well, Bunganung uh, Films is uh, ha is Jim Compton, Jeremy Edwards, and mm -hmm. they've been around for many, many years. We've worked with them uh, on on a bunch of different projects, and um, and Shane and I have a new company called Wolf Walker Productions that's uh, named after his dad, Tony Belcourt's old production company back in the day. So mm. it's sort of a, a legacy, you know, that we're trying to fulfill here with a multi-generational hat tip to to his dad and the, and the work that was done, um, you know, amplifying Métis voices. Nice. And now, uh, just a little bit more information that I have on this, this anthology um, is, is it that it's a series to invite, and as you said, an Indigenous songwriter to find a piece of inspiration. Uh, and whether that's a book or whether it's an art piece or whether it's a belief or, or whatever it might be, and then write a song about it. And then each episode is a platform for the songwriters uh, and knowledge keepers to share ideas about specific topics chosen uh, uh, to, to, uh, for them and to create music out of it. And each episode ends with a music video of the song that was created based on the theme in that episode. Now, uh, Iskwe, of course, is, is in there, and I know that she does Little Star. Is that is that a new video that that she per, that she creates from that, or is it the one we've already seen? No, it's new. I mean, it was before, you know, oh. because we filmed, we started filming cool. in 2018. Yeah. Um, you know, making an anthology music series, as you can imagine, is a millions of moving little parts that mm -hmm. uh, just take time and um, mm -hmm. and so this was actually shot before her previous version of that uh, mm. video that's been released nice. so this will be uh, you know a revisit and a new look at that song which would be really cool it's a beautiful episode uh, Cindy Blackstock is also featured in that episode <laughs> and um, and the video is quite stunning and it's such a beautiful song um, yeah so I think, you know, even if, if people are familiar with the song, I think definitely worth uh, checking it out because I think you'll like this this take on it. Yeah. And, and you can't go wrong with Cindy Blackstock. Being oh, involved. my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you can't Seriously. go wrong with her. She's amazing. So, yeah, um, she sure is. Yeah. So, so listen, um, 
you know, you have some some great artists in in the series. Uh, it's fabulous to to hear about what each of them is doing. Uh, we can talk a little bit more about about that as well. But you're you're yourself, you're no stranger to this side of things as well. You're a Gemini Award winning actor, a, sing, a writer, singer, producer, and director. Um, and of course, you've appeared in Where the Spirit Lives, Smoke Signals. You can't help saying Smoke Signals without <laughs> a big smile on your face. Uh, you know, and so uh, North Northern Exposure. Uh, so, so you've been around a while, and you've done a lot of things. You know, you worked with um, a co-founder uh, uh, of the uh, Turtle Gals performance ensemble that you worked with Monique Majika and uh, Jenny Lazan, right? And, yes. and you've done some great stuff over the years with some people. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting, the the trajectory that a career can take, right? Like, mm. it, it's hard to do, just do one thing when you're mm. a creative person. And it's also yeah. hard to earn a living just doing one thing. So it's sort of <laughs> like, you know, what, what else can I do? <laughs> what, what else can I, how can I use the skills that I've attained mm. in one area and transfer them to something practical in another? And so I've been, you know, working more behind the scenes in film and TV for the last, uh, going on about 10 years now. And, um, and so, you know, and I love it. I really do. I, I love producing. It's hard, but it's also really, fulfilling you know seeing a project like this through you see how long it takes to get something from its inception to to the broadcast of it um but the chance to share that with audiences and and to to be so proud of the work it's really it's exciting you know when when i when i read about this uh you know in 2020 vision uh and you look at this you go this is such yeah why would aptn say no to this idea it's such a great idea of of getting artists uh, and, and and knowledge keepers or or someone else together talking about uh creating a song um now the other thing is that Let's talk about some of the artists, some of the episodes. He's yes. got some great people. You got some great people. I'm, I know, I know. We're so lucky. Um, so last week, we the the premiere happened back to back. The first mm. two episodes aired back to back. That was with yep. Cheryl Larondell, who's you know veteran, uh, mm. multidisciplinary Métis mm. artist. Uh, Lacey Hill, incredible mm. singer songwriter. Um, Isque, and now next week it's uh, Shawnee, then Melody McIver. Uh, Nick Sherman, Tara Williamson, uh, we have uh, Leonard Sumner, Jason mm. Bernstick, Ansley Simpson, mm-hmm. Jennifer Kreisberg, and the extraordinary Krista Couture. You might be yeah. familiar with her. Uh, <laughs> and we close the series with Shane Belcourt, who is our showrunner and our creative uh, force. Uh, and he has his own episode to wrap up yeah, the that's- season. That's great, and and as you said, uh, it's it's um, you all. I li- like the idea that you you also got different people to direct these, uh, so that it it brings more of a unique perspective. Is not necessarily one one direction uh, vision throughout the whole thing? And, and I think that's pretty cool. Going right into what you were talking about about how uh, the uniqueness of the artists and what they can bring. Uh, you've got that same approach happening with, with uh, I think, three different directors uh, over the series as well. Several, actually, yeah. And, you know, it really was about, you know, we, we put up our wish list on the wall and we were like, well, who would be a good fit for them? Mm. And, uh, and that's kind of how we came up with this roster of directors. Uh, we've got uh, Zoe Hopkins, mm. um, Je- uh, Jessica Lee Fleming, Adam Garnett Jones, uh, JJ Neepin, Madison Thomas, um, we have Nadia McLaren, uh, 
uh, myself. I did two mm-hmm. episodes <laughs> and Shane Belcourt. And, you know, it's just really, uh, it's exciting to be able to collaborate with directors in that way too, where, uh, you know, we're asking them to kind of come into our our world a little bit and mm-hmm. bring what they do, you know, and, and we know them all. We, we, mm-hmm. we love their work. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of this really cool collaborative effort to say like, how do we best realize this, this episode that's about this featuring this person, you know, and take all of those elements and put them together. So it's uh, it was really uh, quite a, quite an amazing journey. Just want to let everyone know that you're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, and anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app, type in those uh, one of those two coordinates and then uh, E-L-M-N-T-F-M and listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's a pleasure to have with us on the show Michelle Saint-Jean. She's a producer and director of Amplify, and uh, that is airing on APTN. Uh, the first uh, two episodes aired a week ago, but the remaining 11 are going to be aired weekly, uh, Friday evenings at 8.30. Uh, so you can catch that on APTN. And uh, it's a pleasure to have Michelle with us. And uh, Michelle, as mentioned uh, just, just prior to uh, earlier in the show, uh, you recently joined forces with, uh, with Dwayne Murray and uh, Shane Belcourt to form your production company, uh, Wolfwalker Productions, which is, is one of the companies involved. And you've got some great other talent, both... Uh, happening behind the cameras, uh, as we just mentioned, and, and also some great uh, executive producers uh, involved with the program as well. Um, now, the we talked about some of the artists. We talked about how you guys are approaching that. I think one of the other things that was mentioned is that the idea was to 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 get that uniqueness with the with the episodes by uh, a pairing. The artists and I guess the elders or, or those people that were that were uh, working on this with them, as well as as a director that was regional to them, so that you you could work with uh, with the people in their sort of natural environments almost somehow. Yeah, and in some cases, like with Nick Sherman and Michelle DeRosier in Thunder Bay, you know they knew each other of course, but had never worked together mm. formally, mm. and mm. so this was an opportunity for them to to also collaborate to mm-hmm. sort of you know throw some ideas around and you know what do they want to say about this town that they mm-hmm. live in thunder mm-hmm. bay and mm-hmm. and how can they realize that together um it's it, it was really cool watching those pairings unfold and and in some cases relationships like zoe and lacy also knew each other, but mm-hmm. not well. And mm-hmm. now, you know, Lacey has four songs in Zoe's upcoming feature film as a result of their um, collaboration on on Amplify and getting to know each other better and becoming friends. So there's this this wonderful kind of you know just people connecting in ways that um, I, I can't say we're anticipated or even part of the thought process, but it's like mm. a, it's a wonderful little byproduct of, of uh, all of us coming together in this way. Mm. You know, uh, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, Lacey and, and Zoe. I know them both. Uh, I've interviewed them both, but I, you know, being from six nations, I, I got to see Lacey in her early days performing and, and watching her, her music uh, style come out, her v- great voice oh, and, yeah. and, and that, that powerful, uh, 
intimacy that she brings to stuff as well. It's it's great to hear that that she and Zoe are now going to be collaborating further. Uh, yeah. It's fabulous to hear that. So yeah, that's really that's really cool that uh, that that kind of thing happened. And of course, um, you know, many of the other artists we're familiar with here at Element FM, we've had several of them on in, and interviewed them, and uh, hope hopefully we'll have more in the future. Of course. Um, now you mentioned uh, videos and how this this uh, this pairing they take an idea they develop it. Now we talked about uh, Iskwe and and Little Star, which was a song that she had written. I- I'm wondering if um, well, first of all, maybe that's another question to come come back to because it, it sounds like what you were doing is you were getting these people together and saying, okay, let's develop something from scratch here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that what happened in each of the instances? Um, yes, and but I think that you know part of what has also happened as a result of a sort of our long gestation period is that for some of the artists they've already released the songs that they recorded mm. with us mm. either on albums or EPs or as singles, and some of them haven't. Some of them are still putting the spit shine on their own albums. So, mm. so some people you, you know you may watch an episode and go, oh, I already I've already heard this song yeah. because it's already been released, but right. may not know how it came to be. And the the version that you've heard, perhaps, is also a more, you know, it may be re, it may have been re-recorded from mm-hmm. our uh, the session that we did with them, mm-hmm. um, just because that happens, right? You 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 work something out, and if you're trying to put your album together, you might go, okay, actually now I want to add this and I want to add that, so they might have gone in the studio and and. Um, you know, done some finessing or tweaking to it. Uh, so it may sound a bit different from the version that we mm. recorded with mm-hmm. them. Uh, but it's it's the song that they brought to this process, that, that emerged out of this process. That's very cool because that brings a, a whole other side to, to a, a song that people... Uh, may get to explore uh, seeing this captured. As you say, if people want to find out the, the sort of the backstory and go into more depth, they can go to amplifytv.ca to see those those uh, in-depth sort of uh, behind-the-camera uh, uh, developments that took place. Totally. Yeah, I, it, please do. It's it, they're, they're really fun to watch, especially if you are a bit of a music nerd or if you're a fan of, <laughs> of the artists on the show. It's just a little sneak peek into process and behind the scenes. And, mm. um, and check out the episodes. You know, that's the other thing I love about mm-hmm. the show. Being an anthology, there really is something for everyone, no matter what your style or taste is. You know, everybody's... Their their uh, styles or genres are are different from each other and um, and and yet they all complement each other for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know it's it's so cool to see when you said anthology. The, the, what came to mind was you know this is kind of it's kind of like something that's been developing for a while. I thought of Rumble right away. And uh, I thought yeah. of you know how uh, you know that sort of brought our attention to the the. Uh, the original input of of indigenous uh, music in, in so many genres of music and and um, and the people that influenced the, those people. This uh, this t- brings us up to date. Brings us up to uh, finding some uh, some established artists and some uh, artists that are being established. And as you guys pointed out, it's about uh, bringing attention to a lot of these great artists that are going to make a, a footprint and and be noticed in the future and uh and it's great that that this uh this is coming forward and and it's it's a great idea um so 
I, I, has it made you guys think of doing this again, maybe exploring this further? <laughs> I, I would love to. I mean, you know, well, only time will tell if we get yeah. picked up for a second season, but mm. that is the hope for sure. There's mm. so many more artists out there that we yeah. didn't get to um, meet with this this first season. There's, you know, mm. we could just go on for years, really. Right. Um, yeah. And and also different, you know, areas of the of this this of Turtle Island. It would be amazing mm-hmm. to be able to. Um, you know, be able to explore, have a budget that supports being able to to go where the musicians are, right? Right. It'd be really yeah, cool. And, you know, uh, as you were talking there, I was just thinking, you said so many artists, so many different genres and things. And I was just thinking of, you know, you, you got to work with Sadie Buck. We did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a powerhouse Sadie Buck is. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Yeah. Yeah, she is amazing. I'm so grateful that she... Uh, she joined us on Jennifer Kreisberg's episode. Mm. Um, that episode is is an interesting one because it's um, it's about sort of the you know what happened to Skarure Tuscarora people mm. um, after the war in 1710 mm. and uh, and the movement north uh, and coming into the Confederacy um, and and how music has been that connector right. And, mm. um, you know, and Sadie is just so knowledgeable. She is yeah. a songkeeper and, mm-hmm. um, and Jennifer Kreisberg and Sadie and the Six Nations Women Singers have had a mm-hmm. very, very long relationship. They've sung together, yep. you know, for, I don't know, even know how many years now, decades. Yeah. Um, and so bringing them all together for that episode was so much fun. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Gee, I was just—I'm getting lost in in all the excitement of, of this, and can't wait to see the the series and everybody that's uh, that you're bringing forward to talk about. Um, so you got to work on on two of these episodes; it'd be eleven and twelve. Yes, um, as a director. Yeah. Yes, as a director. That's correct. Now I, I'm wondering what after doing this and bringing it all together, when you guys got together and put, sort of what surprised you the most or what stood out with you the most after you, you looked back and saw this? Oh, you know, I, it, it is amazing what you can do in 22 minutes of television. Mm. Like mm. It, there's so many, there's also a, a lot that you can't fit in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So when you're sort of crafting your, um, you know, your script, so to speak, like what, you know, what are the shots that we want to get? Who do we want to speak to? Who can address this? Um, how does Jen uh, approach this subject? How does mm. Krista take on this? Mm. Uh, what What's the concept of the music video? You know, you could it could be very, um, you could go on and on and on, and there could be lots and lots of options. Mm. And you ultimately, with any production, you know, you what you end up with, you've got to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so just the the crafting uh the sculpting of putting those episodes together um and trying to really honor the story the inspiration uh the people who who gave of their their time and and creating that space for the artist to be able to have their story unfold um that's really for me uh it's it's the biggest challenge but it's also such an exciting thing to watch. You know, Krista's episode is, her song is inspired by Cherie Dimaline's book, The Marrow Thieves. Mm-hmm. Um, and the song is just breathtaking. Um, so watching her uh, create that song kind of in front of me was really 
it was amazing to watch. And, you know, she's such a, a gifted artist and an effortless singer. Watching her in the studio was also really exciting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and just yeah, having it all kind of come together and being able to interview Cherie as well mm. to speak to the book and and wh- why you know what was that source for her? Uh, it's really exciting as an artist. It sounds very exciting uh, and uh, congratulations. This is this is such a great series. Can't wait to to see it. Like I said, uh, and and it's great that it's promoting all these these artists and all the other people that are involved. N- not to mention, you know, all the people that work behind the cameras. You, you know, the the editors and all the other people that put the stuff together. You, you as you say, at the end of each of these uh, episodes, you've got a, a a music video that's included with this as well. Yes, yes. And those videos will be released after the episode airs. So, you know, you can revisit uh, the song and you can look on our social media and the artists' social media to be able to source, you know, where you can uh, buy their work, whether it's um, Mm. iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, whatever those sources are, uh, they will be available for for folks. So that's also really cool. Sure is. Uh, Michelle, great idea. Congratulations to you, Shane, and everyone involved with this. Uh, Great idea. (laughs) I'm just, I'm really excited about seeing this. I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much for being on the show with us because we really appreciate you taking the time to to join us and tell us about this really exciting uh, series that's going to be airing and is airing now on APTN uh, at 8.30 on Friday evenings. Uh, So don't forget to tune in. And also you can, uh, as as, um, uh, Michelle mentioned, you can check out behind the scenes by going to amplifytv.ca and seeing what happened behind the scenes as the artists uh, started to explore the ideas and work on these and start to develop some, them, them as well. So, Nyawa and Chimigwech for joining us. Thank you so much, David. Take care. Our ple- you bet. Our, our pleasure. And uh, that is Michelle St. Jean. She's producer and director of Amplify, and it is a 13-part series airing on APTN. The first two uh, uh, were aired a week ago, but you can catch the uh, remaining ones every Friday evening, 8.30 p.m. on APTN. What a pleasure to have Michelle on talk about this great series. But don't go away, because we're going to have more coming up right after the break with Matt Ma. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That is 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app, then type in those coordinates as well as E-L-M-N-T-F-M. And then listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, it's a pleasure to have with us uh, um, uh, someone who we haven't had actually on the show before, but who is, I guess, uh, part of the family in so many ways here at Element <laughs> FM and and uh, and APTN. Uh, we have with us Matt Ma, and he's uh, part of this new, uh, I guess, wing or division, you might say, that the Aboriginal People's Television Network uh, has announced and launched as an Indigenous music company, Red Music Rising. And Matt uh, is part of this new this new organization. Now, Matt is uh, based out of Toronto. He's uh, he's a man, he's also from the Chippewa of the Thames, and he brings ten years and plus of music industry experience. 
to be the first leader of RMR and uh, his passion for artist development and a desire to create space for Canadian Indigenous artists on the global stage. We great asset. Uh, so, Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. So, uh, listen, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the story and how this all got started? I mean, it's very exciting, and there are so many things that I can think of where where just this cohesion of music and, and APT and television and all these things that can combine with uh, the other partners that are involved, coalition music, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, can, can really develop and help move, move this forward for artists. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, uh, despite sort of being the, uh, the first leader of Red Music Rising, I can't take uh, credit for its, for its creation or its ideation. Uh, but so far, as, uh, so far as the story goes that I've been told, uh, Coalition and APTN, probably going back about six years ago now, um, came together. Uh, Coalition was sort of uh, a, a partner that came on board to help APTN with some of their uh, Indigenous Day live programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so based on Winnipeg, uh, and then they they formed a, a fast a fast friendship and a fast relationship, uh, and then moved on to. Um, I'm not sure of the exact specifics, but I know that the the two. Uh, two partners worked together uh, to create some sort of uh, youth mentorship uh, program within, you know, as, as it pertained to music and performance um, in within some communities in Ontario. Um, and then through that, they realized that, like, it, that they both, A, worked really well together, but B, realized that there were some real, uh, some real gaps in how the indigenous music community interfaced with the, you know, the Canadian mainstream music industry. Um, and they started, you know, basically started dreaming about what, what would, what would it look like if we came together and, uh, sort of established who needed what from, from which side and, and how Mm. we can work together to to build bridges and provide uh, resources and infrastructure that's you know typically not been afforded to the indigenous music community that's sort of prevalent in the mainstream uh, Canadian music industry like how how can we bridge these two worlds so that everyone's sort of uh, you know playing on an on an equal playing field um, and that's where the idea for Red Music Rising. Uh, sprang from um and it only took <laughs> took six years for for everything to sort of crystallize and coalesce and and all of the you know it's it's two large corporations coming together so obviously mm. there was lots of paperwork and lots of back and forth and figuring out exactly who needed to do what but uh but now we're uh, we're here and uh, red music rising launched uh, just a, about a month and a half ago and we're we're off to the races which feels great I bet it does, and congratulations to you and everyone involved in in bringing it to fruition and and getting it going. Uh, an interesting time of of changes happening, um, you know, with really? within the, uh, uh, the just the the organization of of APTN, for instance. You've got Sky Sky Bridges who who just took over. Uh, for for Jean Larose who who left APTN, mm-hmm. but of course uh, Jean Larose I guess has gone on to uh, to stay within the family um, and sort of uh, still be involved with the Dan Savunovut uh, with the organization that is the Armed Links organization that's kind of um, 
bringing all of this, these kind of things together. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, I mean, it's fantastic. I've, I've known Sky for the better part of four years now. Um, mm-hmm. We've, uh, I've, I had been brought in uh, to talk with, with Coalition and the Canadian Music Incubator. And that's, that's when I met Sky about four years ago. So this is something mm-hmm. that we've been working towards. Uh, and also getting to work alongside Jean LaRose as well is just mm-hmm. a, a complete honor. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, I really find myself with with a uh, with a dream team, uh, both on the the APTN and and the Dunsavunavut side, and you know also the the Coalition and uh, Canadian Music Incubator side. Like we've just sort of, I've got the the odds stacked in my favor, and it it feels really great. Well, you know, uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying, and and um, and again, uh, a wonderful team, as you say, and a dream team. But mm-hmm. but I guess ultimately, though, I guess it's the the hope of this dream team that it will become the dream team for many artists uh, going down the road that it can Absolutely. help both launch and and sustain careers and get people involved in more areas. Because it, it sounds like this isn't just going to be the front end. Just, it's not just about the artists themselves. It's about other people in the industry that they want to help uh, move forward as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Since, I mean, since officially launching Red Music Rising, um, one of the things that's, that's really emerged for me personally, uh, working with, uh, working with the Dense of and working with Coalition, um, it's, it's emerged for me in sort of an, or, an organic way, um, that in, uh, in, in sourcing and, and look, looking for artists to work with, um, especially folks that are, you know, still based in their communities. Uh, what I have found is that oftentimes, uh, you know, artists more often than not aren't aren't working on their own. They have they have someone in their corner helping them, advocating for them, and oftentimes in you know in community, it's you know it's it's friends or or family. They've got you know friendagers or momagers mm-hmm. um, doing you know doing whatever they can to help them, uh, you know, be it administratively or ad, you know advocating for them. So what I've I've really noticed. Uh, and and what I've sort of established is something that I I want to focus on with Red Music Rising is not only to develop um, develop artistic careers, but uh, to reach out to these folks who are you know filling in in, in a managerial capacity or you know an, an agent capacity, um, and really make clear to them the resources that are available uh, to them to pursue uh, pursue the music industry as a viable career because uh there's i mean as we've seen with the the recent surge of incredible uh indigenous artistic talent that's sort of uh you know really made made waves over the past few years along with that representation on the on the artist side needs to be uh representation on the industry side which which isn't as prevalent as it as i think that it needs to be now uh, so really, just making making space and providing resources uh, for um, people who are you know folks who are looking to pursue music industry jobs uh, and making sure that you know people know that it's a viable career. This is this is something you can do because uh, we need more indigenous representation on the industry side. Full stop for the you know for the betterment of the community, for the betterment of the Canadian music industry. Um, and for the betterment of, you know, Indigenous artists moving forward. You know, this is, uh, I, I, we've seen a lot, I guess, of, of this kind of, a, of movement going forward, 
uh, with so many Indigenous artists in the past, you'll be familiar with this, um, artists have been, uh, you know, left, left on their own, so to speak, when they approach uh, the larger music industry, the mainstream music industry. We were just talking to some artists not too long ago about this very thing where uh, they feel they are not being truly represented in terms of the kind of things they want, they want to do with their career from an Indigenous mm-hmm. perspective, for instance. Um, some people have want to smudge, uh, you know, and they don't want to just be thrown into, say, a nightclub where there's lots of drinking and they, you know, they want to do a proper smudge, but they can't, there's alcohol, et cetera, et cetera. So the education around just uh, the industry for indigenous artists needs, needs the kind of people that you're talking about because it is so much to do just being an artist, get yourself ready. You want to be ready. You want to focus on your performance. You don't want to be dealing with managers or manager of a, of a club when you're going in trying to get yourself ready uh, to, to find out, you know, is this taken care of? Is that taken care of? You need someone, like you said, on your side that understands all those things that can help you so that you can go out and, and do the best performance you could possibly do. Absolutely. Yeah. I, when, when people ask, you know, what, what is your role uh, as, as a music manager? My, uh, typically my answer is that I, I'm the first line of defense between the artist and the rest of the world. And my job as an artist manager, uh, regardless of, you know, all of the day-to-day or tasks or the different hats that I wear, my primary role is to ensure that the artist is free of all the other stuff surrounding them so that the artist can be an artist and create art. Uh, so, I mean, what you said is a, a you know a prime example of the need for cultural competency uh, and knowledge of protocol and practice on the industry side, um, so that the artist can just be an artist and focus on creating art and fantastic experience for the audiences. Um, and the manager or whoever in the industry can be that first line of defense and you know create create spaces for Indigenous artists to be Indigenous artists, full stop. Yeah, so so having said that, uh, can you take us through a little bit, let's say uh, an artist comes to you, they want to sign up, they want, they want to find out more information, and they want to know what you can do for them. What, what, what do you tell them? Um, well, there's, I mean, there's no hard and fast answer to that question. It's, it's, you know, I mean, I don't want to sound like it's a, you know, cop out answer, but it depends, right? It, it, uh, every, every artist is going to be different for sure. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it varies on a case to case basis, depending on, uh, you know, a variety of factors, but, um, primarily depending on, uh, whether or not the artist feels as though their, you know, the, the business aspect of their career has reached a point that requires someone else to step in and handle, you know, mm. the business. If it's mm. if it is it is if it has reached the point where it is impeding the artist's ability to create, then mm. that is where I feel comfortable stepping in and saying, "You've got too much on your plate business-wise. Mm. How what can we do to help?" Mm. Um, yeah, but and, I mean, it, it's it's always it's always going to vary because you know, uh, you know, different artists feel comfortable handling uh, or not handling various aspects of their careers. Some people are 
uh, adept, you know, social media mavens. They're they're building their, their their followings and they're posting on you know twice a day, and they they feel very comfortable on social media. Whereas some artists that I've worked with uh, don't want anything to do with their social media and would love to sort of hand that over to someone because it is an mm. integral part of building your audience and building your career. Mm. Um, but you know, some people just don't don't have a knack for it, and they'd much mm. rather write music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but but what are the options then? Let's say what are the options for an artist that comes to you, an indigenous artist, um, that they can take advantage of, that will can be offered to them? What are the services that you guys, the full services that you guys could offer? Uh, well, I mean, we're really still at the stage now where we're we're building that out. Um, Red Music Rising, as it stands right now, is is still a one man operation. It's I've got lots of uh, lots of support behind me, but I'm I'm sort of the the guy right now. Um, in terms of what we're offering right now, it's it's primarily focused on on artist management, and again, that you know that's uh, that sort of suite of services depends on on what the artist is is looking for and where they're at mm-hmm. in their career mm-hmm. um but things that i you know tend to handle on a daily basis would be uh you know as i mentioned earlier social media um one of the things i'm really passionate about when it comes to artist development and and working with artists is um is working with the artist to build a you know a, a team around them so working working with the artists to establish which publicist that they would like to go to and uh mm-hmm. who who they might reach out to to write a bio for them um how to go about sourcing uh sourcing an agent so that you have someone handling all of your live business for you if that's something that you're you know interested in mm-hmm. um so right now we, we we don't necessarily have uh have sort of like an a la carte menu of, mm. of services available but that's something that we're definitely going to be working towards so that we can you know we're so we put ourselves in a position uh where we have the bandwidth and the the capacity to help as many artists in in various stages of their careers as well mm. uh in mm. in a variety of different ways um so then how does the partnership work with coalition and aptn how does that how does that partnership work um so I, <laughs> while I'm I'm running this company, I, I wasn't privy to to the initial, you know, all of the actual partnership mm. agreements. Mm. Um, so APTN, as as you mentioned, formed the the arm's length uh, new company, basically a new corporation um, called the Dunsavunavut, which essentially uh, acts as a um, a company to oversee all of APTN's. Uh, for-profit media endeavors, yes. primarily uh, within the the music realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the Dance owns owns Red Music Rising. So, we are we are indigenous owned, indigenous operated. Um, and Coalition, there I'm not privy to their agreement with APTN okay. as it spans okay. back a, a couple of years. But okay. basically, what what Coalition exists to do in this in this partnership is to provide infrastructure and resources to Red Music Rising um, should Red Music Rising need it. So they, essentially, I, you know, as, as a one-person holistic music company that, you know, has, uh, I can function as a label management company, I can, uh, or an artist management company, rather, and I also have, uh, you know, I, Red Music Rising is, it will also be a record label. So while I am a one-man operation, I have 
access to all of this existing infrastructure that coalition brings to the table should i need it which is you know an absolutely fantastic position to be in yeah absolutely it is don't go away we'll be right back on element fm and moment of truth right after this now back to moment of truth with david moses element 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 fm you're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app, type in one of those two coordinates as well as ELMNT and FM, and then listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Our guest here on Moment of Truth is Matt Ma. He's the guy heading up Red Music Rising. It's a new business that that is part of the umbrella of... Businesses that the Aboriginal People's Television Network is, is 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 developing and has developed. The Red Music Rising launched about I think uh, Matt said about a month and a half ago. Congratulations to to uh, Matt as well as Red Music Music Rising as they get things going. Um, and um, so Matt, you know, I guess this is this is really exciting. Like you said, it's a one man operation at the moment, and looking at the moment to uh, to sort of look to to uh, manage, uh, to help uh, artists manage their, their, their biz- the business side and help get their careers going. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, been, uh, you've been in the music industry for over 10 years. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and about what you have done in, in the past? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, as you mentioned, have, have been <laughs> dabbling in the music industry for the better part of the past decade. Um, I started off uh you know i was i was djing and i was uh quote unquote booking small small venues uh and i managed a record store and all of this happened uh before i actually realized that you could go to school for the music industry um so prior to that uh i had always grown up with uh with a passion for music um i was you know uh, lucky enough to have taken some music lessons uh, as a as a child and sort of have uh, a love of music and music theory instilled at an early age. And I pursued uh, I pursued music in high school, and then actually after high school, I decided that I was going to pursue music performance at a at a post secondary level. Uh, and then upon <laughs> upon graduating, I quickly realized that while I absolutely adored everything to do with music, I did not want to be a performer. I was, mm. I was not an artist. I was not a performer. I, I you know, enjoyed playing, but I didn't mm. want to pursue a career mm. in, uh, in performing music. Um, so I, uh, I took a few years to, uh, to sort of puddle around and, and figure out exactly what I was passionate about. Uh, and then sort of serendipitously, I found, um, the, uh, the Harris Institute, which is a, yeah. a post-secondary uh, school located in downtown Toronto. Um, it's one of a few small college-level uh, schools um, that offers an education in the music industry. Uh, so I went to Harris and I focused on their uh, arts management program. Uh, and it was the the fastest year of my life. <laughs> um, I, I look back at it very fondly. It was it was very intense, but it was uh, it was an incredible foundation to then build mm. a, uh, a, a you know a career in music on. Mm-hmm. Um, so after graduating from from the Harris Institute, I uh, I've, you know I dipped my toe in a number of facets of the the Canadian music industry. I worked. 
um, with a, uh, a quite prolific uh, independent concert promoter in Toronto. Um, I worked briefly with uh, with Arts and Crafts. Arts and Crafts was actually my very first internship, and they um, their their ethos and their their um, artist roster. When I was in high school, actually informed, uh, you know, informed a lot of my taste and informed my my reasoning for getting into the music industry. So that was a nice little full circle moment for me there, working alongside them. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just in the past few years have uh, have worked as an artist manager and I've managed uh, record labels. Uh, primarily, though, all uh, you know, for the most part working within the you know the mainstream canadian music industry mm. uh but it, within the sort of indie realm so mm. um mm. yeah working working primarily with independence because that's my real that's where my real passion lies uh but working mm. with you know sort of institutions uh like arts and crafts like six shooter records so really you know institutions that have um that have really built an incredible brand for themselves despite being independent have sort of, you know, emerged as, uh, as forces with, you know, defined brands, defined voices who really have, um, you know, who, who stand for something and who, who work with, uh, with an incredible roster of artists. Mm. So, yeah. Most recently I was, uh, I was working closely with the, uh, the team at Six Shooter Records on, on their management side uh, and really seeing, um, you know, due, due to their roster working, you know, working with incredible artists like Tanya Tagak, mm. uh, like William Prince, like Reach, like Jerry Cans um, and seeing how this, you know, established and um, long running, uh, you know, white run, label and management company you know had such success uh you know helping to bridge that gap that i mentioned earlier between the indigenous music community in canada which can be quite insular and mm. this like the the quote-unquote mainstream um music industry in canada mm. uh that was it was um it was an incredible learning experience and uh you know I, I still have phenomenal relationships with my colleagues at, at at six shooter and um respect them quite a bit and they've they've certainly informed uh you know my my knowledge and my passion that i'm bringing to red music rising now mm-hmm. what what most excites you as you look to the future of red music rising what most excites you at this point in time about what what it can bring uh, to the to, to the world for uh, you know the for the, in, on the industry side and the artistry side absolutely I so I think that we have had a front row seat to uh, I'll harken back to Jeremy Dutcher's acceptance mm. speech at the Junos we've <laughs> had a front row seat to the indigenous Renaissance in Canada over the past mm. few years and there has just you know uh, off the top of my head I can name you know dozens of incredible young indigenous acts that are uh that are producing new music across the country and that's you know critically and commercially acclaimed uh, and it's being nominated for you know prestigious awards like the polaris prize and, and junos and uh, west coast music awards etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think there's a there's a building awareness um that you know continues to build exponentially within the artistic community and within the music industry community in canada uh, and that's great. That's fantastic. I, I'm I'm a hundred percent here for that. <laughs> My goal, though, is to take that one step further 
and make it a global phenomenon. We know about it here in Canada. People outside Canada don't for the most part, unless you're talking to indigenous communities that are, you know, outside mm-hmm. of Canada, mm-hmm. uh, that we've, you know, we've that our indigenous community has has partnered with and, and worked with in the past and they're paying attention. But the rest of the world, it's not quite on their radar yet. So my goal is to put it there on mm-hmm. on an on an international global stage and on the radar of the international music industry in the States, in Europe, in Asia. I mean, obviously, we're in a uh, an unprecedentedly weird time with uh, with travel restrictions right now. Yeah. But my, I, you know, I I want the artists that I'm that I'm working with or working alongside, or even just aware of to uh, to to be able to tour globally and, and build markets not only here in Canada but internationally, and, and you know, mm. just build build a claim and build markets uh, in every country that they so choose to. Um, yeah that's great you know one thing that comes to mind when i think about indigenous music and you'll know this as well it 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 is there's so many different genres that need to be represented mm -hmm. um you know you think about the huge uh uh, blues and rock uh you know side of things that that the that artists love to to work within um, and then, of course, you mentioned youth and all the, 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 the you know, the contemporary stuff. But there's also a lot of, of uh, artists that have been around for a long time that are not necessarily uh, on, on the youthful side, but they're still very valuable and have a lot of music to bring forward. Um, you know, that that is another aspect of, of is that going to be looked at? You know, you're going to try and, try and work with all genres and all artists. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, personally speaking and, and the, the, the vision and mandate for Red Music Arising is genre agnostic. Um, mm. We're, you know, we are. And, and as you mentioned, too, with the, the, the mention of genre, I, one of my, my goals with Red Music Rising is, is to, within Canada, but also internationally, dispel the idea that, you know, quote unquote, indigenous as as a genre um mm-hmm. so we are we are we're genre agnostic uh 100 and i think that as red music rising continues to grow um both both from an you know an artist management capacity and uh and on the sort of management side of the business but also as as a label um once we're you know in in a position to to grow and bring people on and expand catalog and really start working with, um, you know, with with established acts and established artists who, you know, whose whose current and back catalog and future catalog deserve to to be heard and deserve to be exploited here in Canada and and across you know across borders. Like that's that is absolutely a, um, a not a a short term goal. I mean, obviously, that's something that we are aiming to to grow towards, but that is absolutely on the horizon. Nice. That's great. Matt, uh, such a pleasure to speak with you. Congratulations uh, on the new gig and, uh, and all the best to you in the position. We really, uh, I think we need to follow up with you in a little while to see how things are going and just get a sense. Uh, and you can bring us up to speed as to how things are going and, and give us all the latest news. Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. I, uh, I, I look forward to it. We'll have lots to talk about in the future. I bet that sounds great. Thanks again, Matt. No problem. Thank you. All right.
Take care. Jimmy Gwitch. That's uh, Matt Ma. He's uh, now heading up Red Music Rising, and that's a new organization uh, in partnership with uh, the Aboriginal People's Television Network, one of the, the organizations they've got going under their new uh, wing, uh, Dan Zivanovit. And uh, uh, we look forward to hearing from Matt again in the future. And uh, it's been such a pleasure to him, uh, a pleasure rather, to talk to him about Red Music Rising. If you're an interested artist, you can find them at redmusicrising.ca and uh, and 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 check out Matt, talk to him, and see if there's a, an opportunity for you to either work there as a, uh, to be represented as an artist or work somehow within the industry because that's what they want to do. A pleasure to have you listening to us each and every day here on Moment of Truth. Be sure to listen in again tomorrow. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.